Hello, fellow cinephiles. My name's Ben, and this is the Real Movies Podcast. So, we have a very special episode of the Real Movies Podcast tonight. We are joined by uh, the writer and director of a brand new horror movie that should be on everyone's radar called Tonight She Comes. Uh, Frankie, Dan, please help me welcome Matt Stewart's. Yay! <laughs> Clapping noises. Hey, what's up, You didn't guys? tell me I needed the soundboard. <laughs> so, uh, we, um, Matt, I have, uh, I guess I should explain why, uh, we've kind of come to have you as a guest on the show. Um, Matt and I met at Sundance this year completely by yeah. just like the strangest, like, I guess serendipity. Like, we were just kind of in the same place at the same time and we're, stuck in the same corner of this same lounge area at the same time like a meat cute yeah exactly and it was just kind of one of those ones like hey isn't this great like, much, yeah. like hey man did you see that free pizza like <laughs> Call me maybe? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so we had a, a lot of fun i had a lot of fun talking to you and um uh, your your friend well i don't um and she was also a filmmaker herself right i think she had a um a short film um yeah, that's, uh, that was Mary C. Russell was also there, and she's got some short films out now as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, Matt mentioned to me that he really dug being on podcasts, and I thought it'd be cool to have him on with us. Um, and so, Matt, I was thinking... Yeah, I think you were just like, you're like, I have a podcast, and I was like, you ever want to guest? Yeah. <laughs> that was probably like the first thing I said. No, that's totally cool, and like... I think you are probably our highest profile guy that we've had on. So this is kind of exciting for us. We've had a couple of other, uh, um, we've done some collaborations like with other podcasts and things like that, but, um, uh, it's really, really cool oh, to have, sweet. to have, um, a guy that's kind of been around the way a little bit, um, on with us. But, uh, uh, before we kind of really get into it, Matt, I do have one confession to make. And I, do you remember when, okay. do you remember when we were what, uh, when we met and I mentioned to you, when you told me the name of your movie tonight, she comes. I said, "Why do I know that name?" Um, yes. Yeah, and so I finally figured out why that sounded so familiar to me. It was because you said that back in October, you guys had a limited, like a one night release in Cinemark theaters. Yeah. Okay, I had purchased a ticket to go see <laughs> the movie at our uh, Cinemark here in Cincinnati, and. Uh, I remember, like, I think I had to go, I had a family emergency or I had a work emergency or something happened and I had to cancel my ticket to that screening. Oh, but man. I, <laughs> uh, that is, that's pretty funny. That yeah. Is. So <laughs> I just, I, ever since I talked to you the first time, I haven't been able to quit thinking about that. So I, I apologize. And, uh, my, uh, sin has been rectified, I think, <laughs> after having rented the movie and, 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 and watched it. And so. Um, yeah, obviously this is a crazy, crazy, wild, messed up horror movie <laughs> in the best possible sense. Um, I, um, I got vibes like as soon as the credits rolled and I mean, what a hell of a final shot to end on. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't no, I'm glad, glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> that was like, I mean, that, I, I guess maybe without spoiling too much yet, that was like, 
almost the first thing that I knew, like when I even started writing the movie, I was like, this is how it's going to end. Oh my oh, God. That ending, that <laughs> ending sequence was in my head literally from like before I even wrote a single word. You're kidding me. Oh well, my well, God. That's great. That's what runs in your head. Do you need a hug? <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> you need a friend. I, I, maybe I, <laughs> your next, no. your next movie needs to be a lighthearted <laughs> comedy. I think. Yeah. A rom-com. <laughs> well, it's not, probably not going to be. Yeah, not quite. Not <laughs> a, quite. a rom-com in the same universe. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I'd actually be down for that. I would love to see a rom-com in the Rachel Cummings universe. God, that'd be great. That would be. Um, but I got I got some serious like Sam Raimi Evil Dead vibes too. Like by the end of it, and that was just I remember kind of having a similar feeling as like when that last shot hit, and then the credits started rolling, and yep. it kind of jumped to that song that was kind of hilariously off tone for the scene uh i i i I did get some some original evil dead vibes so that was i i thought that was really cool um that's awesome to hear yeah i i mean obviously it's from like evil dead and movies like that like the classics that like sort of inspired my love of doing stuff like that right but yeah i do really always like like i'm such a big fan of just like the rent I mean, as you probably noticed, because there are quite a few these in the movie of just like the jarring transitions between like one scene and the next, or like from a scene to like a credit song that's like <laughs> right, and, just kind of like a pretty emo, like really soft, like <laughs> almost like romancy, exactly. romantic kind of like sounding song. And, and I just heard you kind of mention the sort of the some of the cuts that you, the jarring cuts you made, uh, what was kind of your uh, thought process there? Like, was that a sort of storytelling device you wanted to use, uh, for certain, for certain yeah, parts? So it was always, the script always was kind of written like that. Uh, and it was planned like that from the beginning. I ended up in the editing, especially title cards with like the time of day. Like there were a couple of those in the script and like the way we shot, I was planning to do a few of those, but then just as I was editing the movie, I just found it a lot funnier to just constantly just keep cutting to like <laughs> a new time of day. I think, I think there may be like three in the original script and there's probably like 10 in the movie. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There's, it's just, I mean, sometimes it was maybe just the scene was like going on a little bit too long. So I'm like, all right, I'll just cut someone off. And then it's just gonna, <laughs> you know, it's just going to cut straight to the title card and it's just, it just works. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, I thought it was hysterical, but in, you know, in, in, in good ways. And, uh, I, and also. The fact that I know a couple people, I've seen someone get, like, a jump scare from one of those title cards. Really? That makes me laugh. Like, it was, wasn't really even intended, but just the fact that it's happened even a handful of times, yeah. like, makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk about some of the, uh, the gore effects in this, cause I know, I, it's obviously kind of, uh, a limited budget a flick, but um, the gore was really like, yeah, that was as good as anything I've ever seen. It man. really it was. was. The practical effects oh, were amazing. Sense. Yes, I love love to hear that. Yeah, that was another thing that sort of from the very beginning, I was planning to do as much practical effects work as possible. Yeah, um, and I had a pretty awesome team for most of the effects. Uh, this woman Shay Bradley, who was like one of the first people I met when I was in development for the movie and she was like a friend of a friend you know and they were just like hey like I've worked with her on something and like she did a really good job so you should talk to her and then it was kind of like a first for her too in a lot of ways though like because a lot of like you know she did all the like the sculpts of like the body cast and all that kind of stuff and like 
basically all of the effects work in the movie except for the uh the headshot that's in like the middle of the movie. Oh yeah. Was her. Yeah, that particular shot was it was just me and a friend did like we're just like, all right, well Scanners has the best headshot of all time. <laughs> it like, really does. Head of all time. So so, you know, why not do it exactly the same way? Right. So yeah, that's just like us shooting a a yeah. fake head with a shotgun. It's just like <laughs> it just looks good. Yeah, it looked awesome. Um and there was I don't know, there was one scene in it that was really effective in terms of kind of creeping me out a lot was um when uh the guy I don't, re- I don't remember the character's name um uh first sees the girls across the lake and the uh the guy that kind of oh, can't yeah. can't keep his dick out of his hand uh <laughs> and uh <laughs> he yeah that's it, that's that's like one of my best friends uh the actor yeah so it's it's what's for you seeing and doing that yeah and we um I just remember watching that and thinking I was like oh this is kind of like He's not necessarily set up to be quote unquote the villain, but he does like if you've ever seen uh like Peeping Tom or like you know kind of or obviously Psycho, but like some of the other kind of voyeur movies where the um the villain is sort of a voyeur. Um it kind of gives you gets you into that sort of like skeevy sense like ooh, I don't need to be having this <laughs> be 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 I don't need to be watching this from this perspective hearing these sound effects like it kind of put you. Oh, yeah. It kind of yeah. Once you once you're seeing what he's seeing and then listening to what he's, he's doing, doing yeah. I definitely wanted to go. Like, I like to like I guess balance that line between like funny and just like yeah, just like I'm disturbed. Like, what, what is this guy doing? Right. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying is like it's not you. You don't identify with him typically as the villain, but he does kind of what historically in in horror is kind of a villainous activity. Um. So oh, yeah, I almost everything he does in the movie is pretty villainous. Yeah. <laughs> from a from a horror film kind of perspective. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was cool. And it's funny cuz I I recognized that same actor um and it's I actually encourage these guys to do the same. We ended up watching your first film as well. Uh Rewind oh, on cool. on uh I think it's on Amazon Prime Video yep. right now. Um It is, yeah. Yeah, and so I I recognized that guy almost immediately. I know he doesn't have the beard in Rewind, but I was like, I think that's the other dude from Tonight She Comes. Um, and that one was crazy too, man. I um dug both of them seriously, but uh, oh thanks. And I was also thinking yeah, that, about yeah, Rewind was an was an interesting one in that. So that that dude is uh, his name is Adam Hartley, and that's like, right. We've yeah. done of stuff together, but like. We had, we had a bunch of projects that kept falling apart. And uh-huh. then for Rewind, we we're just like, all right, let's just like make a movie where no one else is involved in the making of it yeah. except for us. And then it will be impossible for it to fall apart. <laughs> so that was like, that was how Rewind happened. Where did you, where did you wind up? I'll get back to tonight she comes, but I'm just curious about Rewind. Where did you guys shoot the, uh, like that abandoned, uh, almost like it looked like a hospital, maybe. Like it wasn't quite a warehouse, but it was yeah, just a really think- spooky space. I think it, I think it's been a couple different things, but like it may have been like a school for a while. Yeah. It was a, it was a really, so like there actually is a pretty funny story about that. So, <laughs> um, like back, I guess, man, I think it was like, I guess it was like 2014 when we shot that, but there, uh, so Adam and I had like been writing the movie and we we're kind of like figuring out what we needed and like we knew we kind of needed like a location like that, but didn't know where to go yet. Yeah. And so I 
then ended up going on a date with a girl from like okay cupid or something and <laughs> we both like we're like we were, it, it's so random but we both were like you know like it's really fun to like explore abandoned places or whatever it's yeah. like let's do that as a first date Ooh. so and she was like hey i know this place it's in illinois and it's this super creepy like put like weird ass place we should just go there and i was like okay as you it's do like on all a, probably the things that's like yeah, and she was yeah. never seen again. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a setup to a horror movie right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get your third film right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so we show up at this place and almost immediately as I walk in and you know there's like a fence there and we like find this hole that's in it and like sneak in and then almost as soon as we got inside, I just in my mind I was like, this is perfect. Like we got to shoot the movie awesome. here. And so like, I was sort of just immediately ignored her for like <laughs> an hour and just started sending like, I started texting Adam and I was just like, dude, we got to shoot here. I was like sending him videos. That's crazy. And then, uh, yeah. So like, it actually was a pretty decent day too. Weirdly <laughs> enough, <laughs> which, which you wouldn't think, but yeah, it's uh ended up working out great, but yeah, it's just this super creepy, uh, it's been abandoned for probably like 50 years or something, but like in Illinois. It's just in like in the, was it like right in the middle of the woods like that? No, it's actually, weirdly enough, it, like we obviously kind of made it seem like it was in the right, woods. Right, right, there right, were yeah. a few trees around it, but it pretty much was just like, like right across the block were like houses and stuff. Oh, so, I gotcha. So <laughs> it wasn't in, yeah, I mean, it wasn't in the, like the best neighborhood, but it was basically right on the other side of some train tracks. And I think those were abandoned too. I don't think any trains were actually running on them. Interesting. That makes me want to go find it. Like <laughs> I've never been into like yeah, I w- finding like crazy weird places like that, but just, I've got a friend that I work with too, who's into kind of uh uh taking like short road trips, like on the weekend to try to find like, you know, abandoned places or places that are, you know, supposed to be haunted or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. Illinois. Yeah, I've, I had just, like, been a fan of doing that for a long time, so I was stoked to be able to shoot a movie there. And, yeah. like, I mean, we just, like, we only filmed there for a couple nights, but we are just like, you know, there's no one here. Like, if we accidentally run into someone, that right. maybe they'll make it into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Their Hollywood debut. Um, so then where did you yeah. shoot? Where, where did you shoot Tonight She Comes, then? Uh, so Tonight She Comes was about an hour and a half outside of St. Louis. Oh, nice. Uh, in Missouri. And yeah. So it was, like, south a little bit. And it was just this totally, like, I actually had never been to a place before making a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also a somewhat interesting circumstance for that one, too, in that we were actually, in pre-production, we were planning to shoot the movie at a totally different spot, about, like, an hour away from where we did shoot it. Mm-hmm. And then the location fell through the day before we were supposed to start shooting at the house. Oh, man. Oh, man, yeah. And, uh, and then luckily it turned out the guy who was the caterer on the movie was just like, Hey, I think I actually might know a place that we could, that, you know, that we could shoot instead. And like, so they just called up someone and like, luckily this was all happening while we were actually shooting on yeah. like day two of the movie before we got to the house. So like by the time I found out about it, they had already been like, Hey, check out this new place that we can help. So like, <laughs> it didn't really cause me that much worry because like, I didn't even know. And then it, it just turns out that the place that he had found and he, like he knew he was pretty good friends with the owner of that house. Yeah. And the house where he actually shot was like a hundred times better than the place we were supposed to shoot originally. Nice. So did you, so, so then you, did you, that sounds like you got 
uh, the interiors and the exteriors in different in different places then? I guess oh, so. it actually was all at the same place. It oh, just, yeah. Oh. The first couple of days of the shoot were like some of the driving stuff and like uh, some of the just like randomly walking around in the woods. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we just like didn't show up to the house until day three or whatever. And then That's awesome. Luckily, by day three, we found a much better place to shoot the movie. How long was it's that? It's actually weird uh, to think about. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's just it's just weird to think about what the movie would have been if we had shot the original location. Cause, yeah, like it was it was cool. It was in a decent spot, but like the place where we actually filmed was like it was almost like this is what I wrote the movie for. Yeah, it just has appeared in real life. <laughs> it worked super well too. It was almost too perfect. That's crazy that that just fell right in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. How long uh, was the shoot in, in total at that location? Uh, for Tenchi Comes, it was 15 days. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, cool. was pr- pretty quick. I mean, it's yeah. probably about standard for like a low-budget indie, but it would have been nice to have more, but I mean, we, have, we got it done, so it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Um, so then talk a little bit about uh, like the distribution process, because I know when I met you, you were... It, the film was just getting ready to kind of come out on VOD. Did you, um, and I don't remember if you and I talked before about how you wound up getting the, the Cinemark, uh, release, but just kind of talk about that distribution model that you kind of yeah. came across a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we had talked about that either. Um, so yeah. So basically like once I'd finished the film, I submitted to a bunch of festivals and, you know, it was kind of like the whole waiting game of like seeing what it gets into yeah and then it did did get in some pretty cool festivals like it debuted over in the uk and then sort of like when it came out in the fall i was like i did like a bit of like touring overseas with it which was super fun and then it was sort of like through that that got some interest from people and then i ended up meeting a sales agent uh actually at afm over in LA mm. and then you know kind of like who was also kind of like a friend of a friend they were like this guy you know would be into a movie like this so you stuck him <laughs> and uh so yeah I, I mean it is kind of like a long process yeah that's craziness um uh I'd probably go to get a sales agent a bit earlier because yeah. once that happened we then ended up getting into some like bigger festivals and stuff like that but uh, it, it, i don't know it i've learned a decent amount of stuff just in terms of like definitely having a, a sales company that like you know has represented some pretty great movies before yeah uh works really well for like like for for instance like she has played at Sitges the festival last year which is a pretty sweet festival over in spain right and like I had, I had submitted to Sitges the year before and didn't get in. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is weird. It's it's like playing a year later, right? Uh, thanks to the sales sales company, but um, but yeah, and then so it was through that that like it started to be sold like in various territories right. and kind of it's sort of just being represented by like a different company everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's out in it's out in quite a few places now, just like U.S., Canada. Yeah. Germany, UK, and it's just almost every single one is just like a totally different company. So it's kind of an insane 
process. And the Cinemark thing was via the U.S. distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just happened to, and that's like certainly not something I would have ever expected. Right. Like, especially, kind of, especially, I guess, for a movie like this that <laughs> I think certainly would not <laughs> fall under like an R rating by any. Certain no, yeah, that's, yeah, as we were talking about. US. <laughs> what it would be rated if it had a full distribution, like in a real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they may, they may, yeah, the it, MPA it, might kick it back on you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there would be some things in this that they would be like, this is, uh, <laughs> this is yeah. not getting an R. Although, it, it's weird because in some, some countries, they actually, I believe, require every film to get rated if it's released. Yeah. Like in the UK, it does, it does have like an 18 rating. Huh. And it, it's got, uncut there and then weirdly enough in germany it did not get an 18 and they had to cut it to get an 18 so like yeah so there's actually an edited version of it over there oh well nobody nobody wants that the original was not uh (laughs) was too extreme for the 18 i guess (laughs) (laughs) it was a little much uh so blu-ray dvd coming down the road possibly there's definitely a physical, I mean, from what I've been told, there is a physical release happening. Ooh, nice. I wish I knew more information about when or what exactly it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I know, I know there's DVDs available from a few places now. Uh-huh. I think the only Blu-ray that's available for now is the edited one, unfortunately. Although I know overseas there's definitely an uncut Blu-ray happening mm-hmm. also. But I, I also unfortunately don't know when that's happening either. So I'm like, right. I'm just like totally in the dark. Like I've seen some like cover artwork and stuff and it looks awesome. But in terms of when it's happening, I have no idea. Yeah. Even just that post, like that poster that, that I like the, I like the draw, the drawn poster better than the, um, there's kind of like a more of a kind of a photographed, almost like a Photoshop type one that's on like the VOD covers. But I really like that one where she's kind of standing in the trail of blood. That's kind of coming out of the cabin. Yeah. Th- oh, that's definitely my my favorite one too. Yeah. That's yeah. That's by this like Canadian artist, um, and she was awesome. Yeah. And actually, she uh, I was told by her via uh, Wojciech, who did the score for the movie. Yes. And he had, had a few like vinyl pieces and stuff that she had done the artwork for, and was oh. like, "Hey, you should like message her. She's great." Yeah, <laughs> you just brought up another question but i want to first i wanted to ask you what like coming off the blu-ray question are you a big physical media guy like i know me uh frankie and i and i guess dan too we all sort of like collecting blu-rays it's true <laughs> so we didn't know if you were a I, fellow collector i definitely am too uh, i did something blasphemous recently to a, <laughs> something that a lot of people would consider blasphemous and that i put all of my blu-rays and dvds into a binder and I threw away all the cases. Oh no! Oh no! All right, talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's because it just and I understand, but it's just like I have no storage here. Right, so like, right. The amount of space that they took up was insane, and I, I just had to. Well, there's something to be said. To be there's something to be said for that too. Like if you've got one that's big enough where it's like I literally can't store these anymore. Like <laughs> that, that's totally cool. Because I did that. I actually, when I went away to college, I took a bunch of DVDs, and I was like, I can't like. Well, I'm running out of space. Like, we don't have this many shelves in college. So it's like, <laughs> in the dorm, yeah, I just had I to just, get a I sort of just have, uh, I sort of just have, like, special, um, edition type stuff. Or right. just, like, if I have something that's, like, fine or something. So now it's, like, has, like, the very limited, like, a handful of discs that 
can be nicely displayed yeah. and then for everything else and it's like it's very like it is like alphabetically organized and it's very like in terms of a filing system <laughs> structure it's kind of awesome that sounds, you'll have to you'll have to send us a picture of that because that sounds like you're a man after our own heart here at the Real Movies Podcast. So, um, oh yeah, I think so. I, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. I got like, <laughs> I like found a binder. I was like, what is the biggest disc binder I can get? Right. And it holds like 400 discs, which is like something insane. Yeah. And so I got three of those, and then I <laughs> three put of stuff them in in Jeez. alphabetical order, and I put because I I wanted to make sure to leave plenty of space, obviously, you know, for like future acquisitions. So yes. like. There's there's room to grow as well. <laughs> God, that's awesome. Back in the day, that's how you do had to do it with CDs. You, you had the big binder with like 400 CDs. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, did no, you, totally. Yeah, it's it's totally like in that spirit. Did you hear that Best Buy uh, start? They're not going to sell CDs after July first. Yeah, I just yeah, saw that headline today. That. And then Target. Oh wow! And they're talking that. about Target might uh, follow suit. Not at that same date, but they're they're trying to negotiate. Like they want to pay on like a per CD purchase basis or something like that. That seems kind of weird. Um, so I don't know, but, uh, so on CDs, I guess then Matt, that was another thing I thought was really awesome about your movie was, uh, the musical score. Um, so talk about who did your music and where kind of the inspiration for that sound came from and all yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I definitely, like, I've, I've been a huge fan of like Sim soundtracks for forever. Right. Was, like, or, I mean, almost any time a movie has like a kick ass, like, retro kind of soundtrack it goes up a couple points in my book and so i, I knew from the beginning that that's what i wanted in this movie uh-huh. and so the guy who did the soundtrack is Wojciech Bolchewski and he's done he did like we are still here oh. uh, he did beyond the gates um he did mohawk which comes out real soon if it's not already out uh, he's done a lot of, a lot of just like really kick-ass movies and his scores for them are awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had just, I had seen where I was still here and I was a big fan of it. Yeah. And, and I really loved the music in it, even though like it, I don't think it really sounds anything like the music in my movies, but mm-hmm. just like knowing that he did that music, I was like, I bet he could like pull off what I was kind of thinking for this movie. Totally. And so, yeah, I just ended up like hitting him up and telling him a little bit about the movie and showing him a rough cut. And, uh, he, I guess, liked it enough to want to, to work on it. Awesome. And al- although it, it was like a substantially longer cut at the time, just because it wasn't, wasn't final yet. And so he also was like always very, just like blunt about things, which I did appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'd send him a feedback, like, you know, I, I like the movie, but this part here, is shit. So I'm like, you know, you're, you're actually right. Like, that part is terrible. Yeah, it's good to have but, somebody uh, like that uh, in the corner. No, yeah. So it was funny, and then I, I kind of just like didn't, you know, I kind of like told him the overall vibe of the movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think at one point I may have sent him a uh, cut that did have a temp score, but I was pretty like anti-temp score at all on this movie. Um, I, I think I only sent like one version that I just really quickly like vaguely threw together kind of what I was thinking. But yeah. for the most part, I was just like, you know, you're the one that's good at this stuff. So like, I just want to hear like what you're going to come up with. And so I think he enjoyed that as well because like it, he got to be pretty experimental and like just kind of do sort of his own thing on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And how did you say you pronounce his name again? 
uh, it's Wojciech Golczewski, which is from what he he has said, that's a fairly accurate uh, pronunciation of it. He, yeah, he's from <laughs> Poland. Yeah, because I remember I was thinking to myself when the credits were going, I was like, man, the music in this movie was fantastic, and his name came up, and I'm like, I can't pronounce that name. <laughs> I bet Matt knows. So oh yeah, I've definitely heard people that that have worked with him mispronounce <laughs> it horribly wrong, yeah. and I was like. Like, honestly, what I did, cause it just feels weird to ask someone, like, hey, how do you say your name? Right. So, like, I was just like, all right, maybe this is, like, a common Polish name or something. So, I just was, like, Googling it, and yeah. I found, like, YouTube videos of someone that either, like, had the same first name and, like, someone else had the same last name, and I just looked really? at it, and I was like, okay, cool. I guess that's how it is. He needs a, he needs an, like, a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, he needs a, an acronym or something, like, just... Something like Junkie XL or something like that. This is just like super succinct. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. just kind of say like real quick. Um, man. Well, it's just the funny thing is I think it actually flows like pretty well. It's just, yeah. From an American perspective, if you see the letters, you wouldn't know that that's how it's pronounced. Right. Yeah. I can't believe we're talking about how to pronounce a composer's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we can go another 20 minutes on this. <laughs> um but, God, I mean, synth scores are, uh, they've kind of experienced a, a, a neat resurgence. Yeah, with, there definitely has. Uh, what's going on with horror today. Um, and I'm especially looking forward to Halloween. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out this uh, October. Um, and the rumor is that John, oh, yeah, yeah, John Carpenter wait. is going to come back and do the score for that. And kind of <laughs> knowing what he's done lately with the, the lost themes. And um, I know he's been touring around and doing some performances. I cannot wait. For what he cooks up. Yeah, have you guys gotten a chance to see him live? No. Not yet. No, I know he's talked about it, but um, if he ever comes out again, I might have to track him down. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I I actually saw him on Halloween last year oh my God. Oh, wow. out in L.A., oh. and it, it was a, like a fucking blast. It, <laughs> it was so fun. Like, And he was definitely like having a great time. That's good. And just like the whole... like. Obviously, like every one of the songs that they played was amazing, and then just like seeing, like they essentially just show like a three-minute version of the movie in the background while it's happening. Yeah. So it was pretty sweet. Like I hadn't seen some of those movies in quite a while, so like, right. it was cool to like get refreshed on that too. Did he? Did he play mostly movie stuff that he's done, or did he do uh, a lot of uh, kind of original? Um, stuff? I think he did. Maybe like three or four of the originals, and then, but for the most part, yeah, it was just like the, it was the movie scores. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause I think, like, as scary as the Halloween music is, I listen to the soundtrack from The Fog, like around every, Halloween's a lot, like my favorite holiday, and so I kind of, to psych myself up or out or however you want, I watch just a ton of horror movies oh, basically yeah. between like mid-August and then the end of October. I'm just like horror movies all the time, and then I'll, I'll listen to John Carpenter. And, um, just that score from the fog is just blows my mind almost every time I listen to it. Um, and I cannot, yeah, I cannot, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. He's, uh, I'm excited that he's, he's back on, uh, for this new Halloween. Um, and with that, Matt, uh, Halloween coming out later this year, you got anything else kind of coming out? Like anything, uh, like movie wise that you're looking forward to, but aside from stuff you're involved in, like what, what are you kind of hyped about for 2018? Yeah, so I'm trying to get another film going. I have some scripts written that they're just like in like the early phase of like trying to get people on board to actually make them. 
Um, I'm hoping that it does happen this year because I'm so some. I'm definitely a sort of friend of mine who actually shot did the exploding headshot with me on yeah. the Town, and that's like actually how we met. <laughs> like <laughs> I, we had talked to him like via text a little bit before that. He was like a friend of a friend. Yeah, and then like I'm just like, hey, like, do you want to do this? Get this uh, practical effects shot with me, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so uh, he's also a DP. Yeah, and it was just like one of those weird things where like we met, and then immediately we were almost like, "Like, what the fuck?" Like we lived in the same city for like <laughs> decades. Like, how have we not met before today? Right. We had like such like a similar mindset, and so from then on, I've been like sort of collaborating with him on stuff, and like he'll be shooting my next movie as DP for sure. And so we're definitely doing something this year sort of what it ends up being is not 100% decided yet because there's sort of like various budget levels of things uh-huh. but I think both of us were just like sick of not making our own movies sure. for a little bit <laughs> so like we're just like okay we're definitely doing a movie this year uh, it's going to be horror uh, of the various sort of prospects they're all pretty insane uh, in different ways like I guess as much as like I can't really say too much just because it's so early but like it like I sort of wanted to do something that was nothing like Itchy Come and nothing like Rewind but with sort of like the similar sensibilities where hopefully if you've seen all the movies you'd be like hey this like it makes sense that the same guy made right. all these movies but right. but yeah but sort of like going for a totally different kind of tone Okay. Like, like one of the scripts is like has almost no comedy at all. It's pretty bleak. Um, mm. it, it's it's still like it has fun moments in it for sure, but it's just like going for a totally different kind of tone. Then another one's a little bit more funny than it, but also a little scarier as well. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like regardless of what the next one will be, sort of actually going for like the terrifying moments is going to be what I'm going to try and focus on a little bit. Nice. Um, just to, yeah, kind of do something like that. Cause I both like rewind and say, she comes down with like jump scares and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. They're not really like trying to scare you by any means. Whereas I think with this next one, it will be going for that a bit. A little bit more of a slow burn suspense type stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a huge fan of yeah. the slow burn. Uh, which I think both Rewind and Say She Comes kind of are in some ways. Yeah. Uh, I know, I mean, I obviously that can annoy some people, but I, I just don't care. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, that's the kind of, that's the kind of horror I think um, all of us like. Yeah, and I think it, it is, there's a callback to it. There are a lot of the newer horror movies people are appreciating more of the slow burn approach. Yeah. And too many jump scares. And, uh, Matt. Yeah, yeah, there. Go ahead. Oh. No, no, no! I, you were on oh, yeah, thought. I was, just, I was just saying, uh, yeah. You, even like some of the stuff that I thought Sundance had, like some of my favorite stuff I saw there, had like a total slow burn, but like it was just super exciting, like getting to figure everything out and like just the amping up of the tension throughout the totally. entire runtime of the movie. It's like something I really love. Were you, uh, were you in my screening of Hereditary out there? At Sundance? I don't know. I, I, saw, I saw, like, the world... I was at the world premiere screening, I think, like, the first one. Oh, okay. I went to one at... Uh, it was at, like, 11.45 at the Egyptian. I don't think that was the world premiere. Okay. It might have been after the fact. But how crazy was that one? <laughs> we've 
We've talked about oh, her. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. We've talked about Hereditary on this show before, and I've um, kind of I've had to kind of skate around the idea of like, oh man, what's it about? Like, well, can you can you tell me this? I'm like, eh. And then the trailer came out like the week after Sundance ended, and everybody was talking about it, and I was like, don't watch that trailer. Like, go. Wait until oh, yeah, yeah. I checked out the trailer after I'd seen the movie. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, there's, like, a lot of... I mean, I would advise everyone to just not watch any trailers for anything, but, it, yeah, it is... I mean, granted, I guess it's kind of hard to say exactly, because, like, we know, like, what those moments are, so maybe she does, right. but it's not as spoilery as it seems. Yeah. But there is definitely, like, some great moments in the movie that I certainly appreciated having never seen anything of when I saw the movie yeah did you uh i've not seen the trailer no i don't you haven't seen it no um matt i wonder if you're like me at all where you kind i I mean i kind of worry about uh sort of the the um marketing hype machine that's probably going to start uh dialing up here in the next uh month month and a half um with with uh hereditary because um and it's going to be released by A24, which is perfectly fine. I love everything A24 does. Um, they released The Witch and uh, Tonight She Comes. Or not not Tonight She Comes. Oh, my it, God. It, it comes at night. Oh, okay. uh, I think Matt wishes <laughs> they released. Night, yeah. I think he wishes they released Tonight She Comes. Um, uh, yeah, it comes at night. And then uh, I know this wasn't A24, but um, other movies that are kind of in the in sort of the modern vein, like The Babadook and uh, um, It, it Follows. follows yeah. Um, yeah. All, all of these movies kind of have come out of the festival circuit with a ton of hype. Like people, you know, critics and audiences that have seen them at festivals are like, oh man, this is the scariest movie since The Exorcist, you know? And then people, you know, general audiences go to see it when they yeah. come out and they're like, oh, really? Like that was the scariest movie in 40 years? I don't think so. Like, um, so what worries me about Hereditary is that A24 is going to market the shit out of it. And people are going to go see it on June 8th and come out and be like, wow, really? That was the scariest movie since, you know, this freaked out Sundance more than anything else in the last decade. Like, um, I personally think that it's, that it lives up to that, to that hype, but I, I don't know. I don't know, Matt. So my question to you, Matt, I guess is if you, do you share kind of that sentiment and what do you, th- what do you think the, the outcome of that movie will be? Yeah. I, I mean, you're totally nailing it on all those things because that, absolutely happened with It Follows and with It Comes at Night and pretty much all of their stuff. Like, yeah. they certainly know how to hype up a movie really well, yeah. but maybe too well. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I really dug the movie. I Like, it's just really hard. To, like, you almost just can't say, like, it's like the best thing since X just because right. it's just, like, you can't just compare a new movie to a classic like exactly. that. Like, that's something you could say in, like, ten years of that maybe right. where you're just like, it holds up so well. So, like, I almost wish, I mean, obviously, like, when they're marketing a movie, they just want to get as many people to see it as possible. Of course. So, like, it makes sense that they're saying all the best possible things. But, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'd be shocked if people, when it does come out, weren't like, well, it's easy. Like, you know, people yeah. will really love it, for sure. And then there's going to be people that are like, it's, like, this is insane. Like, it wasn't that scary. <laughs> right. And, yeah, you're right. I think there will be some. Know, it's just, like, such a hard, like, cycle. Yeah. Out of, I'm, I guess I was pretty lucky to see most of those movies on the festival circuit. So like, mm-hmm. not 
because that night I just I just saw a regular theater and I actually really loved it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I always, like, when I hear like a movie being hyped so much, I try and just like lower expectations for myself because I'm like, I'd rather go in thinking it's just gonna be fine and yeah. I'm like really blown away than like expecting it's like the best thing ever. Right. Um, I kind of feel the same way. And then with Hereditary too, like, um, I think there are like some of the, the, cause I remember in like in the witch, uh, you know, people were laughing at like, you know, uh, that scene where, um, the, the crow is kind of picking at her, her breast and like people were kind of laughing at why is it doing that? Like, it's so ridiculous. And I think, but I think like her, like the stuff that's like super dark and hereditary is like just brutal and crazy enough to, kind of hopefully avoid that um no, that is true yeah it does hereditary i guess since it's more for the most part of just like a modern day kind yeah. of like set in kind of the real world thing mm-hmm. and then they don't exactly have to worry about the like the weirdness of right know, people aren't used to people talking like this or like doing these kinds of things right um I think it, it reminded me a lot of like, because people keep asking me like what, like what it is about it that makes it so scary and what, what could you compare it to? And, um, I mean, for me, it was kind of like, uh, it felt a lot like sinister at times. Um, but then, you know, obviously some it follows. And then, uh, by the end, I kind of got some paranormal activity vibes, at least in the sense of, uh, like the story that they kind of shoehorn into those movies where they stretched it out to like six sequels. And then by the time that yeah. like they, they wound up doing ghost dimension, it was supposed to uh, like, they haven't made one since and it's been like all like four, three, four years. Um, but that was supposed to be like, you find out what the quote unquote storyline is. That's kind of come through all of these sequels. And so by the end of hereditary, I was like, Oh, they kind of did this. And that sort of reminds me of how paranormal activity was trying to do it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I hope that people can can see it and appreciate it. Uh, one for being as scary as it is, and two for, I mean, I think it's just a, it's a great story too. I mean, more than anything else. And then obviously Tony Collette is astounding. Yeah, that, the the good story and the acting is really great. Yeah, and um, like there's, there's some really solid character work by it. Yeah, and uh, pretty much everyone in the movie. And it just and some of the some of the horror and tragedy in it is just so bleak and so dark. That I think even, you know, people that typically kind of go to horror movies, you know, ex- with the show me attitude or, you know, kind of expecting to get a laugh for, for 12 bucks. Like, um, hopefully people will sit down for this one and kind of, you know, sort of be turned on to like, wow, this is what, like, you know, horror that's going to be released in multiplexes can be. Like, give us some more of this. I don't know. Um, I, that's my hope for it. I hope everybody sees it and just loves the shit out of it. And, you know, we continue the uptick and maybe hereditary will be at the Oscars next year. <laughs> so I uh, just hope I, no, I, that'd I, be cool, yeah. I hope horror keeps on the upswing. Um, did you see anything else at Sundance that you really liked? Um, yeah, I saw, I saw revenge, which I had actually <sighs> seen before at a festival. Yeah. But I, I love revenge so much. It was my, like, saw it last year originally and it was like my favorite film of last year oh yeah um did you get a chance to see it i i didn't i think i wound up i was at i think i was at a party that night and i was gonna go see it and they were like you're not going to no midnight movie i was like yeah i guess not (laughs) um i i I, like i think it's got distribution already though right and so i i kind of just does yeah yeah so i figured i'd it's definitely coming it's definitely gonna be released 
Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. Like, that one sort of, like, that when I first saw it, it was like a movie where it felt like they just, like, reached inside my brain and they were like, <laughs> here's everything you love about a movie. In oh, man. I was like, I was like, yes. It, 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 even weirdly enough, like, I saw it at Fantastic Fest originally. Yeah. And halfway through the movie, something happened and they like had to stop it. Oh no. I don't know what exactly happened, but they, they turned all the lights on and like I, I was seeing some friends were next to me and like we all looked at each other and we were like, is this movie as good? Like, are you always loving this as much yeah. as I am? Like, or, or am I like going crazy? And they're like, no, like it's fucking amazing. And then like, I was just like, you know, I hope the second half is just as good. And then it like comes back on. And it's like equally amazing for the entire rest of the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. That, in terms of like more of like a fun, which is weird to say, like knowing what the premise of the movie is. Right, right. It is a very fun movie, though. Interesting. And then, um, uh, go I ahead. also saw. I don't know if you had to see this. I saw Summer of '84. Yes, I did see Summer of '84. Oh my god, That's I was a good summer. Um, I don't remember if I saw you there or not, but I um I asked a question. I think it was the premiere. Did you go to the premiere? I was at the premiere, yeah. Yeah, so I was the one that asked uh, the the actor who plays the villain, I asked him about kind of what, because he, he, he's normally been in like comedic roles. Like he was on Mad Men as kind of a side character, and then he was uh, the guy in Glow that Allison Brie, uh, I guess, cheated with. Um, and then, so I asked him about, you know, what, you have, somebody that we normally see in like more comedic roles, like what did it kind of mean to you to be able to jump into this world and play a... Uh, a big nasty horror villain because by the by the end like it, it was amazing how how great his performance was especially by the end of the movie where he kind of where he scares uh the kid and you know and then winds it winds up spoilers escaping uh so um i just i i adored that movie that was definitely one of my favorites i think of the entire festival yeah that was in terms of like if revenge is not included since I'd already seen it, that was definitely my favorite. Yeah. Like new thing that I had seen there. And like, I, cause I, I like Turbo Kid a ton. Yes. I, I love Turbo Kid. Oh, I liked it. See, see, that's interesting. Like I'd be curious to see what you would think of this because it's like nothing like Turbo Kid. Right. Okay. But it's but obviously from the same people. I, I mean, it has some of the same sensibilities, but it like does. the tone of it's so different. Yeah. It's just, you kind of, but, so I think, for me, I just like wasn't expecting that much of a shift from like sort of the tone of Turbo Kid to like what they're doing with this. Right. It did have kind of that like playful kind of '80s toy box thing going for it, and then yeah, and then by the end, it just kind of totally goes, you know, full on like scary horror, and it's um, and then it sort of leaves you with this really kind of bleak feeling at the end which is sort of and that's and that's kind of what they were uh, that uh in the Q&A some of the filmmakers alluded to uh the fact that that's kind of what they wanted to do with it to make it stand apart from Stranger Things and uh the It remake. And so I think they oh, yeah, I yeah, think they definitely. were able to pull that off pretty successfully and I'm hoping that that one gets uh a, a Blu-ray release as well. I remember just watching a couple of these and I was like, "Can I uh you got a Blu-ray I can buy like <laughs> tomorrow?" Like <laughs> no, that's totally the that's definitely one that like I can't wait to watch again. Yeah, totally. And then uh, I I only like I wanted to talk. It, what did annoy me about that screen was like the people working there seemed really irritated that people were like talking. 
at the end because like I was like I was like oh you know I'm gonna talk to these directors like they're just he's awesome they're just like everyone leave get out get out of here yeah that's kind of like, strange I, I did I did manage to talk to just one of them and he was he was super nice and like just like dude the movie's amazing and he was just like you're amazing so like <laughs> he was like oh hilariously nice and so that's awesome yeah it's they- cool it's cool to see like a great movie made by kick-ass people yeah they did seem like i saw them i mean there obviously and then i caught them at um like another panel discussion at one point uh like a day or two before and they yeah they just seem like the coolest most humble people you'd want to run into um and i'm hoping that yeah yeah, they're definitely great i'm hoping they kind of continue the the whole kind of fun 80s throwback uh stuff with whatever they wind up cooking up next yeah i'll definitely be really curious to see what they're doing Next, I think they briefly mentioned it, but they like couldn't say what it was or something like yeah. that at the Q and A. Yeah, I don't remember. But um, so is there anything else that you've got? Uh, I mean, not not just for you this year, um, but like, is there anything else you've seen recently that you've really dug, or any shows you watching you're watching that you really like? Any books or uh, anything like that you're into? Um, I've been watching Channel Zero. Oh, nice! And I, I really love the new season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've liked all the seasons so far, but I think this new one's been my favorite. Mm-hmm. I need to. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen any of that. No, I haven't. I, I and I, I I listen to a ton of podcasts, and people keep talking about it, so I might have to put it on my list. I've heard about. Is that like an yeah, anthology so, type series where they take an internet story? Yeah. You haven't heard it. Is. Yeah, yeah. It, see, he's yeah. <laughs> no, that that is that is what it is. It's you like see? each. Each season's like a six episode story arc that's based off of like a, a creepypasta internet oh, story and like a pretty loosely based because like the stories are often like five paragraphs long. So like they obviously do, you know, they sort of take like an idea from that and then make the shot of it. But yeah, it's cool because like there's each season's also directed by one person. Oh. And like the creator of the show has like written on all the seasons, so he's sort of, you know, like the mastermind of it, but it's just cool because they like swap out a new director and like a new team for each season. So like each season looks totally different and like feels totally different. That's crazy. Yeah. I got to definitely put that one. Yeah. On so it's pretty fun. Yeah. I just, I just, it's not horror, but I just finished the marvelous Mrs. Maisel cause I had, you know, <laughs> 10 people come up and say, have you seen marvelous Mrs. Maisel yet? It's amazing. And I, it's a fun show. That that one's on Amazon. Um, and then I was thinking, I was trying to figure out what my next show might be. I was leaning towards Black Mirror because I haven't watched the new season yet. But uh, um, so maybe I'll do that. The new then... season of Black Mirror is pretty great too. Yeah. There's yes, it is. I feel like I, I don't know what your guys' opinions on that are, but I feel like each season of Black Mirror is kind of hit or miss. Mostly hit, but you know, there's they're not all obviously as good. I, yeah, the I... new season I feel like I liked most of them quite a bit. And like, there's one episode in particular. It's an episode that's called Crocodile. Okay. Oh man, that, that almost didn't even feel like a Black Mirror episode, but I <laughs> loved it so much. Like, I was like, it was kind of like the same feeling that I got at the Summer of '84, where like I was just like, "Oh man, fuck yes, this episode." Is <laughs> it's a good but dark episode, man. <laughs> God, I can't wait. That's amazing. Uh, Frankie, you got any movies or shows or anything that you're looking forward to or that you've enjoyed lately? Um, I mean. Jessica, uh, Jessica Jones comes out this week. Oh, uh, is that this yeah, week? True. Oh man, Thursday, and then the third season of Love, totally on the Netflix train. Yeah. Dan, what about you? Um, watching Shameless, American. Yeah. Pretty good. 
stuff a couple years behind there. <laughs> Has that ended? I thought it was going to. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm like two seasons in. Yeah. Um, excited to see Game Night. It's already out. Oh, yeah. Game, um, Night's, game Night's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Game Night's fun. Surprisingly good. Actually. Game Night is I, I actually also saw Game Night and loved it. Yeah. It was kind of like, it surprised me a little bit because it's like, you know, kind of sort of from the same team that was. I mean, I feel like they've done, like, what? I think they did Horrible Bosses, maybe. And then uh, I know that the screenwriters definitely did uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, um, Spider-Man, man. So I was just kind of... They, they also directed the new Vacation movie, and I think oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was not a yeah, fan. That's, um, a, that's a miss. <laughs> it's kind of one they probably want you to leave out. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I've got high hopes for The Strangers, but yes. I don't feel the movie needed a sequel. So No. I'm going to take that one as it is, but yeah, I'm hoping, definitely hoping for the that. best. Um, Shout Factory just released. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. And, uh, the new uh, Justin Bieber movie comes out on the 6th. So, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are not looking forward to the Justin Bieber movie. Bieber Generation. <laughs> is that a concert, a concert movie? No, it's a documentary on the dynamics of Beliebers. Oh, oh my God. Actually, that sounds kind of interesting. It yeah. makes what these deranged people see. We can sit here and talk about people getting their heads cut off in horror movies all day, and we now we. I'm curious to know what makes these believers tick and how sick they are in the head. <laughs> and then I do people love getting their heads chopped off at a Bieber concert. Yeah. Ooh, I love Hurricane Heist because it oh definitely God, it definitely yeah. looks like somebody <laughs> was making a hurricane movie and then making a heist movie, and neither of them could get the budget for it. So they're like just teamed up to make it. <laughs> Oh you said you saw that already? No, just the trailers. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I feel this. I, I'm so excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so bad, but so amazing at the same time. It looks like they just took the ending of Fast Five and then they, they stretched that out into 90 minutes and then threw like hurricane visual effects in there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be the most ridiculous thing. Um,. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know that, uh, like I said, I just finished Mrs. Maisel and then, uh, Black Mirror will definitely be one that, uh, I've got to probably approach next. And then, uh, Channel Zero maybe after that. It's on, is it on sci-fi, Matt? I think it's on sci-fi. Yes, it is. It's on sci-fi, yeah. Okay. I, I think they might be streaming somewhere, so I'll have to dig that out. But, uh, yeah, so Matt, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about, uh, about your movie and, uh, some of, some of the cool stuff that's going on in your life. Uh, where can people find you online and where can people sort of find uh, the movie right now if they want to watch it? Yeah. So people can find me at uh, pretty much all of the social media places, Twitter probably being the best, but it's just at Matt Stewart's, which I guess I will spell because like no one knows how to spell my last name, but it's just <laughs> like Matt M A T T and then S T U E R T Z. And then, go to like any VOD site and uh, just search Tonight She Comes and it will come up weirdly everywhere except for Amazon right now in the U.S. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation Store, Xbox, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then for Rewind, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it's free on there. Yeah, totally. I definitely recommend watching both of those. And uh, as always on Twitter and Instagram, I am at the real Benny C, real with two E's. And uh, Dan, we gotta always remember uh, to remind the listeners to review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast because evidently that's a thing that's supposed to be helpful for 
little shows yes. like us. Um, so with that, we will bid you adieu. In the wise words of someone important, do it for cinema. Uh-huh.